Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The How's Your Father podcast with Johnny Cochran. And now, here's Johnny. So, I am very, very happy for the first How's Your Father podcast to have a very special guest uh, joining me, an internationally, critically acclaimed comedian, Mr. Russell Kane. It's, it's hard to listen to, but it's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we can do like... I think, you should, leave, I think you should leave in your distant voice saying, do yeah. you want applause in the background? That would be a funnier start. I agree with you. I agree. <laughs> Just someone going... <laughs> um, if you are wondering the other voice that is our producer Paul who's going to be uh, ever present here and he will ask questions like if we need applause and yes. things of that ilk so um, who's yes li- whose life must have been a living hell because I know what your surname is as well oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name is literally Paul Daniels even, even after he's dead I still get it <laughs> yeah, Paul da- dear oh dear and your wife is not Debbie McGee is she no, no. no okay. just to be clear we had to clear that up um, now welcome to How's Your Father podcast now let me set the scene for people listening right now uh, we have come all the way to um, Kingston Jamaica the weather's lovely do you know what we when I heard punch out on the beach when I heard Kingston, you know, my dad's from Kingston. I thought, exactly. right, I'm returning. How's your father? Let's go home. Do your dad. <laughs> exactly. Uh, even there, I see a couple of geezers smoking a little bifter on the way as well. It was taking me back. But um, uh, no, we're not in Kingston. There's a lot more white people in this Kingston than uh, the Kingston my dad grew up in. <laughs> hell of a lot more. Um, and uh, yeah, no, so uh, we are here because you are currently on tour. I am. And um, how is the tour going, first of all? It's, percentage-wise, the busiest leg of a tour I've ever done, which would be fine and nothing nothing to show off about or humble brag about, were it not the third leg of my tour. The positive is, great, it's selling. The negative is, I have no idea why, meaning I can't repeat whatever it is I've done. You've got a bit of magic. <laughs> I don't you know don't what it know. is, <laughs> so which means you know, I'll be, I could be back to you know failing on my bumhole next time and I won't know how I did. So I've, uh, the tour actually finished in December and I sort of charmed my arm with a few more dates. I don't know if the, the tour itself has got its own buzz above and beyond people who follow me. So people might not have seen me before I come in. Whatever it is, I'm just riding a crest. So I'm loving it. Well, I mean, to be honest, I have to take my hat off to you because... This, obviously, the podcast is How's Your Father. Now, to give a bit of context of why I thought about setting this pod up, I am a new father. Um, my son, Leon, five and a half months old now, he's putting me through the ring. I'm not going to lie, Russell. Yeah. I'm not really sleeping very much at uh, the moment, you know. And I thought, why don't I reach out to other dads out there yeah. and other even wannabe dads and just talk about fatherhood? Because, quite frankly, it's something that's not really discussed enough. I think I think in the realms of parenthood, yeah. m- mothers really dominate that talk, you know. And yet we've moved into an era where men are expected to be very much active within, you know, childcare and rearing their, uh, rearing their uh, children. So... For me, let's let's take it right back, okay? So you are a dad. Um, first well, of all, if I can just comment on what you said, yeah, it's worse than that, really. We live in an era where where I think this is a safe space to complain as a man. It's so bad that I'm nervous about even complaining about anything to do with being a man because you and I both know we could be hunted down if the next thing that comes out of my mouth is wrong. However, this is our safe space to so switch off now, girls, if you don't think you can handle it. <laughs> what I want to say is this. For some men out there, not all, we live in like a double era where we're both supposed to be fully involved, fully engaged, equal, and yet at the same time, not daring to overstep the mark and not daring to be equal in the parenthood role or it looks like we're trying to say we're done the hard work that a mother has done in giving birth. Those two things 
are not compatible. We're either equal, fully equal, not involved, or we're a slightly shit assistant manager stood at the side going, anything I can do? Yeah, you can fuck off, which is what most of our experience is. And if you want, if any of the lads who haven't had kids yet want to know how that manifests itself, there's the reason you need a podcast like this is not many men realize how enormous the emotional journey of fatherhood is. And the reason is, we, do, we don't have a permission yet to speak without A, being mocked by other men. Look at Gary, you've got men's problems, get in the bushes. You're going to lose your deposit to Falaraki, Gary, if you don't sort yourself out, mate. Or B, um, looking looking like we're treading on the toes. No one, no one's man is trying to suggest that what a man does is 1% of the ravages of a female's body being overtaken by its alien host and then giving birth under a shell of patriarchy and wage inequality. Okay, we get it, but it doesn't take away from my experience, which is a roller coaster of my own hormonal self-doubt, fears, crying in the toilet and all that stuff. When those two things come head to head, we have an, we have an issue. And uh, most men go nine months without ever, well, during, I'm talking about during the pregnancy. So what has a man got to worry about during the pregnancy? If you're smoking, continue smoking. If you drink, continue drinking. What I think women don't realise is men go through their own shit during yeah. those nine months of the swelling and they daren't voice their fears, <laughs> which means the fears become doubly poisonous. Because if you were to say, do you know what, Carol, I know you're eight months pregnant, but I too have been, you won't even finish that <laughs> sentence before you are stabbed to death in the car park of Asda. Yeah, yeah. Stop there, bleeding there, at one pregnant there, foot, Johnny. There's many <laughs> there's many dead fathers out there that you just never know about, shallow graves from mothers. But like, I, I think that's a, such a good point that you raised there as well. In terms of, um, so, you know, like, like your own experience during pregnancy as well. But for mine, I, I found myself getting wildly emotional at different times, just... Walking down the street, I'd have tears in my eyes. It was really odd. I watched The Lion King. Oh, my God. I've yeah. never been touched like that. Mufasa, oh, my, what a G, you know? And I was like, <laughs> at the end of the day, if my son was going to be trampled by a wildebeest, I would have to give yeah. myself, you know, for my son. And it's like... I get that man more than that. He's just, not a man. He's like lakeside during Black Friday. <laughs> the same thing. I know. Just I could to be get hanging to a cheap off cardigan in Primark. Hanging off the boundary, <laughs> the balcony on Westfield, maybe. Like, just my evil brother coming over. But do you know? So when you say that, that we don't have the clinical link yet between men's emotions going up and down in that nine month pregnancy. We're only just starting to understand it. So if were I a woman and I was sobbing or had. Um, sort of natal depression or had doubts, they can go, well, that's because hormone X is causing you this. You need to be supported by your man, which indeed all the advice on the internet for men is how to support your woman. Very little advice for any stuff that might be going through your head. But the interesting evolutionary and scientific stuff we're starting to learn is simply living in the house with a woman that's pregnant, even if you're 21 and you're, you're your mum's first kid and she's having a kid and there's a 21-year-old age gap, or if it's your sister or your best mate or whatever, or you're a gay man living with your BFF, if there is a pregnant woman in the house, we don't know why, but men's testosterone levels drop dramatically, giving that a pseudo-symptoms of a depression. Mm. Um, the speculation is... It's something to do with back in the day that if we're both living in a cave and there are babies around, the ba the cave with the babies where the men have got lower testosterone, more likely to survive. Yeah, if yeah. me and you have a bad hunt, we're probably not going to come and smash the place up <laughs> if our testosterone's lower. Get that baby out of my cave! <laughs> so it seems to suggest that the lower and more unmotivated and more down a man becomes during pregnancy, the greater the survival benefit, back in the Neolithic era and all that, of, of women and their offspring. Ergo, uh, you're programmed to feel like shit when your missus is up the duff. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, um, so I, one of the things I was watching um, was on Netflix, there's a new series called Babies. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. Um, so basically what they were saying is that um, while when a woman gives birth, her oxytocin levels go through the roof. That's right, yeah. And it um, obviously changes the way that she feels and, you know, she's getting happiness from contact with... The baby, but that's almost, as they explain, kind of expected that, you know, a woman's body has loads of hormonal changes anyway. Yeah. But what they go on to say is that what you might not expect is actually that the men's, um, a, male's, a male's body actually goes through the same changes which and is, they have oxytocin boosts as well. Which is incredible because we haven't grown anything. Nothing's physically changed. Exactly. Yeah, our body fat competition, composition on average also changes during pregnancy. So no known statistic, dad bod starts. 
Um, it's because, of course, if your testosterone drops, your metabolism's going to slow. You're gonna, it, you won't, it's not necessarily making you get put on weight, but you'll be less motivated to do exercise. You'll be less motivated to move. You'll want to hole up and nest. So we actually gather weight as well, which I is mean, incredible. What is what evolutionary benefit of a man putting on a belly during a woman's pregnancy? But there we go. It happens. Interesting little oxytocin fact. Not really. Well, sort of in a sideways related to procreation and babies is that there was a really interesting controlled experiment done with giving oxytocin to men, which you can dose by sniffing it. You can actually see that you can sell oxytocin and sniff it. Uh, well, I don't know whether it's legal. High grade. Yeah, exactly. See, <laughs> I've got some oxytocin, man. See it and Leeds. I love everyone. <laughs> what are you cutting it with? <laughs> um, so, but it, they um, did an experiment. The guys didn't know what the purpose of the experiment was, where they thought it was a cognitive test, but the actual test was the person giving the exam. So you go in and there's a woman with a, some general knowledge test and it was this really fit female examiner with the glasses hair in the bun showing a bit of cleavage what do you think happened when the men were dosed with oxytocin before they went in to be cross-examined by the fit examiner well before they've had oxytocin they're probably like oh here we go so what happens after after that they're like she is a woman that deserves to be respected (laughs) i need to listen to her teachings it was stranger than that men that were attached who did the oxytocin dose, had the bond of their absent wife strengthened in their mind and sat further away from the female interviewer, Mm. were less comfortable with eye contact. Really? Men who took the oxytocin who weren't in a relationship were neutral and unaffected. They had no effect. Right. And obviously men that weren't dosed leered at booze. Like, like <laughs> yeah. all men attached to other Come on, get him, man. That makes a difference. It could be nightfall in a weird interior, not because I'm having a look. Anyone with uh, nuts magazine, man? Right? <laughs> how, so what does that say about the make, the internal structure of a man? When it comes to something like a baby, it shows how susceptible you are for oxytocin driving your behaviour postpartum. Mm, that is fascinating, Fascinating little study, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, t- to be honest, so, the, I mean, the other potential kind of line, I don't know if it's necessarily um the two are mutually exclusive but the idea on a social level is that you might start putting on weight developing a dad bod because if you used to go out having it large with your mates <laughs> on saturday friday saturday let's go let's go and then all of a sudden you're like can't go out anymore because um indoors has got up the duff isn't it and, you yeah, know it's, it's curries and netflix yeah. you know it's not even it's not even netflix and chill anymore because you've put See, that's the other thing. Now, you know, I don't know. It's up to you whether you want to say. For me, yeah. my libido yeah. went down massively, certainly towards uh, the end of the pregnancy. Well, it was non-existent during the... Um, listen, you can't... There's no way of discussing this without offending someone. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I... Obviously, I lo- I'm married to this amazing-looking bird, Lindsay. She hated being pregnant. We none of, neither one of us enjoyed the experience. We like our bottles of wine. We like We wanted a kid. We just didn't want to do the nine months graft <laughs> yeah. of swelling up and having it. And we're not rich enough to have a, like a, a surrogate <laughs> or anything like Kim and Kanye. And so it's just not something I find, how can I put it, sexually exciting, a, pre- yeah. a pregnant woman. I'm not repulsed or grossed out by a woman that's pregnant, but, but my wife plus a pregnant belly didn't add to the eroticism no and um, and once she was sort of, if she I think I'm one of those guys where if she feels sexy oh, I feel sexy towards her yeah. it probably would have been a different nine months if Lindsay was like I might be swelling up I'm, you know, I'm absolutely <laughs> need to be banged here I probably would have got into it but because she was that way I was we became neuters basically you know like the cats that have been neutered where there's, yeah. a, there's a ball sack but no balls inside it That's, I was like <laughs> It's exactly the same. I, and, I mean, and obviously, after, after the baby's born, you better hope your sex drive doesn't come back because she's in she's in recovery for at least, depending on how the baby's been born, you know, eight to twelve weeks. Which is what no one tells you about as no. well. You know, I mean, now, but in terms of that as well, there's a lot of dads getting into it, being like, oh yeah. They're, 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 I mean, let's face it. There's so much stuff you're naive to before you actually go through this whole process, and then you learn so much stuff along the way, and. That kind of thing, I, I wasn't alone in thinking, oh, it'll probably be, you know, obviously pregnancy, but then a couple of weeks later, she'll be all right, <laughs> good as gold, let's go. After you know. a whole shriding lesson, she'll be up for a right banging. <laughs> exactly. Didn't Wait quite minute, go that she, She's still crying in the bath after four weeks. <laughs> What's going on with you? Selfish cow. <laughs> I'm developing Popeye's forearm here. <laughs> um, so, no, the thing is, is I think a lot of uh, dads, are, you know, will not necessarily be expecting that kind of uh react well that kind of scenario to play out and so it's but you've got to look at it it's just 
if but the, the way people are at the moment, we're all so skinned and busy. Most of us are going to have one or two kids max. It's not much of a sacrifice. You're going to have to just like spoon a bit and just get get into it when she's up the duff. <laughs> switch on a fetish thing that's not there. And then after that, it's just it's a few months where you're going to have to sort yourself out, basically. <laughs> I mean, if you're really unlucky and she has a traumatic enough C-section like Mylins, even her arms are out of action. So I, I, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Even a hand shandy could have split a stitch. So I was, I was, fly, I was ha, fucking hand solo. I was full Skywalker for three months. I had the X-Wing Falcon out in the game. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's not, but you got, you got to remember, she's she's not exactly enjoying... If, if you're married to a woman who's got a decent sex drive, she's she's not going to be enjoying it either. She's, she's just as pissed off as you are. It would be worse, if, if you think about it, like some sort of sexual locked-in syndrome where your brain's horny but your body can't do anything. <laughs> it's about a hundred times worse for her. So yeah, you just you just got you got to wait on that. Now, now for the new dads out there or, or, or expecting dads, um, you know there is a situation which we're going to kind of talk on a little bit more in depth in a moment about sleep. Yeah. Now, their desperation drives the search for solutions, and people start going, "Oh, okay, the baby seems to only rest when they're in the bed with us," you know, and um, yeah, it, it can become very very difficult. To make that situation end. It will stay. There's not going to be a magical point when you look down at your seven-year-old and it doesn't still look like your baby that you would die for and want to protect. In fact, when you're 80 and you're back, I don't know, how old are you? I'm 35. Right. So when, oh, fuck, why couldn't you have been an even number? I can't do the math. <laughs> if you're 85 and your kid's 50, it will still look like your baby that you would do anything for, for example. What I'm trying to explain to the people listening to this is you won't at six or seven think, come on, come on, you're big enough now. It will be worse and even harder. Only puberty will put that kid in its own bed. <laughs> um, now, before we get the angry mums writing in, I'm making them feel like failures and, guilt- and guilting them. It doesn't matter one shit if both of you are into it. It is not correct to have the baby in its own room versus having the baby in the bed with you. Neither is superior. Co-sleeping is not superior to a routine with a baby in its own room and neither the other way around. What is inferior is when two parents are on a different system arguing compared yeah. to two parents on the same system. So That's are you, are you, what are you what are you to what are you suggesting from from a point of time scale, shall we say? So uh like when the baby's first born, I presume they're that you you would you're saying they would be in the same room as you anyway, right? The 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 fact is, I don't I don't know if you're going for a male listenership for this. Let's say we're, it's a lot of men listening to this, uh, but there'll be a lot of women listening in. We know you're there. Take your ear away <laughs> Just from the device. Just checking everything's room. okay. It, we the split tends to happen with men wanting a routine and the baby in its own bed versus a female parent bedroom. Not always. But from anecdote and from what I hear, that tends to be a lot of the battles, even if the men are on board initially. Because what quick Gary, Dave and Trev, Johnny and Russell quickly realise is they've been relegated to masturbating in the spare room while the marriage falls apart. Yes, yes, which yes. Is, how is that good for any kid? It's The solution is not one week after the baby's born and it's not eight weeks after the baby's born. This is not news you're going to like what I'm going to give you here. The solution is... At least I would say this for any men that are interested in fatherhood listening to this. Before that pill packet goes in the bin, before that coil is removed or that rod is removed from the shoulder, agree. Agree long before the baby is born, if you can. I've got loads of tips if you're if you're already um, up and running. But if you can, before it's an emotional subject, before it's a little baby that's crying for you with needs and now you're both knackered and you just, you can't take the crying and you both feel guilty and she's leaking milk. Do you know what happened to Lindsay? A crow went outside the window and she squirted milk out of her boobs. That's how on edge she was. A crow, a crow went and she fired milk out of her tits. Wow. But this is the level your emotions are going to be at. That's not the time to start making charts and doing sleep strategies. Lactating In, for a raven. It's, do you know what I mean? It's the, not what time, you the time to make plans is either, if, if you're already 12 weeks in and going, you're not helping me, Russell, get a babysitter for two nights, get a night's sleep, both go to a restaurant, go to a neutral ground and make, and make a plan together yeah. as a team. That's yeah. the only thing that will work. 
So, so I mean, part so, of what you're saying is like, you know, when you're in the eye of the storm, the goalposts move, right? But I mean, as I was saying before, you do stuff out of desperation, right? right? Because you're just trying to find a solution. And as it gets more severe, you're clamouring, trying to make it work. And so it, you become more desperate. And there's lots of blokes out there. Some of my friends who, who are like, that. they all got the giant emperor size bed. They love it. They've lived their whole lives like it. That's one. My hippie mum's one side, hippie dad's the other. Breastfeed till they're five. All the kids in the middle. They, they get some nookie whenever they can, whenever the kids are being looked after. And it works for them. And who am I to judge? I wish I, I wish I had that hippie vibe. For me, I am Germanic routine, baby in its own room, out of the mum, in its own room, night one. Oh, really? Night Straight one. Now, away. I have to say, with a massive asterisk, that goes against all NHS and medical advice about putting a baby in its own room on night one. Yeah. It's just something we chose to do. The advice... From, uh, last time I checked, I might be out of date from the NHS and most places. If you're going to do it, wait till six months yeah. and then do the move over. That's what we're doing. Just to be clear, that's what we're doing. And and the idea being that, like you said, uh, that's where the typical advice seems to be at six months. Six months. And also, you know, again, as we kind of touched on before, there's a lot of anxiety around. There's lots of things that, you know, SIDS, you know, sudden in, uh, infant death syndrome. But, uh, do you, but do you know the theory of why? That it's, it's interesting, and it's a bit of a dark subject, but the theory is, well, there's two competing theories, neither which have been proved, I have to say. One is that a baby next to you somehow follows the breathing of the mums mm. and dads in the night like a metronome which I find a bit hard to believe. The second one is you're more likely to go, the baby stopped breathing and in time when something happens, if the baby's next to you, which yeah. sounds much, much more likely to me. But for people that want to go the Germanic, you've really got on a routine route that I did and yeah. there'll be dads listening to this going, yes, yes, night number one, I want to do that. <laughs> there is technology to back you on that, which is an angel mat, which we have, which is a sensor that went into the mattress and is tracking every time my daughter breathed in and every time it breathed out with a metronome noise next to me. The second that stopped, all hell broke loose. You get loads of false alarms. It's horrible. You think your kid's dead about five times. Away. But <laughs> Sounds it, like a nice night's sleep there. But <laughs> the technology is there. I imagine now, my, my daughter's four, it's even better now. Right. Um, so why, why did we, now, let's get to the meat of it. How did we do it? Why did we do it? So just a quick, a few, another bit of trivia for the dads listening. You will notice as you're sat next to your the, your pregnant baby mama that as soon as she sits down to watch TV about 7, 8 p.m. at night, baby starts kicking every night. Come on, put your ear on my tummy. This is not a coincidence. All during the day when she's going about her business at work or whatever she's doing, she's the pregnant mother is rocking the baby inside the amniotic fluid, mm -hmm. creating a pattern where the baby is rocked to sleep during the day and awake at night, which is why I think the figure is something like 70 to 80% of babies are born back to front. Right. Asleep all day, awake all night. Because she's been lying there, she's been kicked to death. Was your missus kicked to death all through Oh, the big time. He was just going absolutely mental. Because yeah. she's still. And a baby that's still is active. You look at a, you look at a newborn on its kick mat when it's there, pick a newborn up and rock it, falls asleep. Yeah. Well, what do you think's been happening for the last nine months? So what that means is, unfortunately, for exhausted, just given physical birth and frazzled rabbit in the headlights daddies, you've got a baby that is chronologically back to front. Yeah. You've got two choices here. You can go baby-led and think, well, sod it, who gives a shit? He's not going to be an 18-year-old that sleeps all day. Where mm. might you I was? But, uh, <laughs> or you can nudge with love and understanding the baby onto the right clock. Yeah. They're your options. Um, when if baby first um, comes out, the best thing to do before you even give a thought to this is make sure the baby gets back to its birth weight. So if the baby's born at eight pounds, it drops weight in the first couple of Yeah, days. up to 11%. Yeah, yeah. And I know that because um, with my son, he, he went... Because um, we had a traumatic birth as well, so uh, I say we, but again, yeah. this is the thing, I no, didn't do should, it. But... You should be able to say it. Yeah, I you mean, the reality is, is I've not, um, just to kind of detour off a bit, I've not, um, I was not expecting how much, how traumatic it was actually going to be. I very much um, found myself in a situation where I had the very real thoughts going through my head that I was about to lose my unborn son and really? lose my Bloody partner yeah. in, the, in the, you know, because it, it had gone on for, it was in total about 40 hours. Oh, my God. Yeah, and um, at that point, the nurse is like, oh, his heartbeat's dropping, and, you know, and when you start hearing that, and... There's an emergency C-section then, was it? it? We went in for it, but they said, we'll give it one go on the forceps. <laughs> give it a go on the forceps oh, right. before, and um, 
he did manage to come out. He didn't go sunroof in the end. You went boot. No, exactly. Boot with uh, <laughs> with a chain dragging him out. Basically. We were sun. We were sunroof. Oh, sunroofing. Full Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> oh wow! John wow. Hurt. And was it a plan plan C six or remote? It was. Yeah, we had to. We had, um, she just never turned. So we we knew a few days in advance we had trouble. So they weren't. If the baby's not turned at all now, they won't force a, a breech birth anymore. Right, right. Um, so she, she just, my daughter just wouldn't turn at all. She'd and like, how did you feel about it when you were like, okay, we're going to have to have a C-section? Well, I, I, I could pretend me and Lindsay were gutted. I think part of us, neither one of us fancied mm. the uh, the trauma of a, of a regular birth and all it all it can possibly bring and possibly having a C-section anyway. There was that side. The only thing that was weird about it was knowing the exact moment you're going to become a mum and dad. So <laughs> we were able to go out for dinner the night before. Three, <laughs> this time tomorrow, I know I'll be holding a baby. So that it messed a little bit with this sort of the three-act play of your emotions. By the time that baby came out, you were like, yes, I hold my child. My wife is safe. We are finished. And it was all a bit cold with no emotions and clinical for us. Mm. So we had a few days of our oxytocin catching up I definitely think it messes with the emotional workings of C-section wow. on some level with the man we know it messes on the physical level with the woman there's not the right um, uh, bacteria on the on the baby so they do swabs now to simulate it oh, it's just right. a, a bit graphic but they take vaginal swabs and cover the baby so it's got the right um, bacteria mucus on it mucus and stuff so, oh, wow. so we're supposed to come out the boot um, and I, it also stimulates your breathing as well like that's one of the things that uh, a lot of babies that are born via C-section can have issues with because is that pushing that gets their lungs going? Oh, I didn't know so that. yeah, right. yeah, it's just, it stimulates their um, lungs. I guess this, getting a C-section is kind of like you know when you order something off Amazon <laughs> and you you know choose I'll have it within three to five days. That's the vaginal way, right? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you don't know. Which... C-section is hour long. I live in South London. Ex- hour long drone delivery. I want it now, okay? <laughs> you know, and it kind of takes the shine off. Oh, when are they coming? You know, and then I'm going to have to go to some random news agents and pick it up a couple of days later because they've done it the moment I've stepped out of the house. So did yeah. you find it like, funny being in Essex though? Because all the staff like we de- we gave birth in Rumford, so everyone's dead Essex. And I was asking for some advice. Went, well, the obvious Tristan will always go for vagina whenever possible. <laughs> they can't always have a vagina. I was like, oh please God, please stop saying vagina when you're accent. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So a lot of men will be sat there with a pen going, please let Russell tell me how he got his baby through the night. Yeah. Trust me. So what, what you do is get the baby back up to its birth weight, approximately seven to eight days. But in those seven to eight days, lads, um, if she's had a C-section, you'll be doing everything anyway. I did yeah. everything. I held the baby on the boob. I changed the nappies. Lindsay couldn't even get up. Her mum had to get her into the shower. So what I did, because I was poised and ready and I'd done all the nerdy reading, was I kept a little notebook. I've still got it. I wish, I, you know I'll send you a picture of it so you can put it when this goes out. Yeah. And all I kept, I kept a diary of what my daughter was doing naturally. 
when so I let, completely demand led for the first day. She wants to be up at two a.m. She's up at two. But I just kept a record. Slept for three hours, two a.m. to five. Slept from one p.m. to one forty-five p.m. Woke naturally. Pooed here. Drank milk here. I had a full diary of what my daughter was naturally doing for the first eight days. The second she hit to the gram of the birth date, started lying to the visiting nurse because they want you to have a baby in the bed and your marriage to die. And all the advice is, how quickly can you fuck your relationship? Just a warning, gentlemen. As soon as, the, as soon as that baby's up to its birth weight, <clears throat> this is where people misunderstand sleep routines. They think it's about leaving babies crying. What, so what we would do is we would keep the baby awake during the day this is the key point of what we're talking about today not slamming the door and going well if you it's going to sleep for if i put an earplug in no 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 that's cruelty and, and, and emotional abuse what you're going to do is if your baby's sleeping for five hours from midday to 5 p.m trust me you're going to be up for five hours that night right so if you don't want to be what you do is you start thinking you have your scheduled naps whenever they're going to be. You make a child. Babies need three naps a day when they're first born. So if your baby's supposed to be sleeping, say, from midday to 1 p.m., but you notice it's doing midday till 5, at 1 p.m., gently unswaddle the baby. Don't shake it or go with a horn. If you gently unswaddle a baby after an hour's sleep, it will wake. Get it onto the kick mat. Play with the nappy, do a bit of activity, do a bit of feeding, do all your business, getting towards whenever that late afternoon nap might be. If it's 4 till 4.45, you unswaddle the fucker at 45 minutes past. <laughs> not 50, not not 15 minutes more German shit we're talking. Yeah. When the nanas want to come over and rock the baby so it's falling asleep off schedule and you're shitting yourself, my schedule, plan your nana visits so the baby's due for a sleep. Because the second a baby naught to three, naught to two months is in someone's arms it falls asleep therefore you can chill yeah and my nana's having a nice cuddle with a sleeping baby everyone will think you're nuts everyone will laugh at you everyone will tell you babies are supposed to be asleep at 5 a.m everyone will tell you you're supposed to be masturbating in the spare room <laughs> none of these things are, are <laughs> biblical truths <laughs> you masturbate anyway guys <laughs> no you don't what i mean is you don't your your life doesn't have to be a man in the spare room yeah. starting to resent your child it's, this is not this is not a, a slam dunk fate accompli if you work together. So what that what happens at, at night then, by the time you get to whatever routine you're doing, you might want to do seven. The, the goal is 12 hours sleep in it. So yeah. some pe most normal people want to do 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I'm stand up. So I wanted to do 9 p.m. till 9 a.m. so I could spend a bit of time with my daughter and also I could get up some mornings because I can just about do 9 a.m. because I'm working late. By the time, if you've only given your child the nap it medically needs or, or or proven the sleep that a baby needs during the day, whether it, if it's two and a half hour, it will be it will be ready to fall asleep at seven. And gradually, obviously in the first three months, you'll be waking it at midnight to give it the night feed. You need to get all the proper charts. But So the baby would sleep from say 7 p.m. to 11. You'll go in, unswaddle, stick some milk down its neck. It goes back to sleep. And trust me, my daughter is an eye rolling, satanic energy nightmare fucker, right? right. She's not an easy baby, right? but sleep, We've done it and that's how we did it i was gonna say i mean so the idea uh because it's important to say first of all we're not saying that everyone should do this this is your that's experience why i prefaced it by saying sure. bed sharers have my full support as long as everyone's into it sure if one parent's depressed in the spare room and one's into it i don't see how that's a good situation no. got both, i'm just saying both get on the same page don't matter what your page is but if you want to know how i got my baby through the night by 12 weeks sure. and it was I'm not, sorry, Lindsay, it was me that got all the charts and did it. Lindsay backed me. Yeah. I was the, I enjoyed all the nerdiness of all the numbers. That's how I did it. Cool. You don't have to do it, but that's how I did it. Yeah, yeah. You went you went full Matrix on it, started seeing coding and stuff. I love that. <laughs> it works. Um, no, fair play. And, that, and now wherever I go in the world, um, my daughter sleeps 12 hours mm. within, within a few, you know, within 24 hours of getting on the time zone. The other most important thing to back that with, what you currently think is blackout in your bedroom, I guarantee is not blackout. If you can walk safely across that room at midday, your room isn't dark enough. Oh, really? Baby, you dark a ba matter. <laughs> a baby does not wake naturally at 5.30 a.m. This is another fallacy. Baby wakes when lights hit, a light hits its face. Solution, light doesn't hit its face anymore. Mm. Okay, so sunglasses uh, <laughs> from the earliest age. Okay, now, apart from having our babies looking like Stevie Wonder to try <laughs> and get through. Do you know what we take? We take tinfoil on holiday. 
and um, taped tinfoil to the hotel window to create, really? to create full blackout. Um, blankets against the doors, because you know if you're in Spain, well, before obviously the coronavirus wiped <laughs> out tourism, you you get the light coming under the door, which get rid of all of that. And you just oh, say wow. to your daughter, this is where your 12-hour sleep starts, or your son, this is when your 12-hour sleep starts. And on holiday, we do 10 till 10. We're the last ones at the buffet. Oh, no. I, to be honest, this is hard to hear, because I went on my first holiday with my son, um, in January, so um, it's not fairly. Yeah, we're just marching out. <laughs> we ha- I haven't did go round to all the hot spots actually. <laughs> the Wuhan clan, uh, I've gone to because I've gone to every coronavirus place you can go to. I've been. I'm calling myself Ghostface Killer. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I Yeah, I no. We we went to. Fuerteventura, so well, it's um, not far away, is it? It's not. You want gust away? <laughs> exactly. It's, <laughs> it's on. It's on the breeze, but um, <laughs> uh, no. So. We got out there and we were starting to get into a bit of a routine. Now, one of the reasons we're labouring on this as well for the people listening, it, when you get yourself into this situation, you become a new dad, um, sleep dominates your life or right. lack of. It, it It can make or break your life and it can make yeah. or break relationships. Everything Russell's saying, regardless of whether you prescribe to what you're saying or not, the need for... Uh, unity between a couple I have found to be so so important and it's more it, important uh, than anything it's more important than whether you have twins one kid whether you're bed sharers or routine all of that is bollocks but if you're functioning as a tight unit you can solve anything yeah yeah now now when we went on a holiday I mean it's important to know like holidays were a big thing because I didn't realise at the time that holidays were never, ever going to be the same again. (laughs) Um, So I obviously haven't done the same sleep routine as yourself. And at that point, we were in a pretty good little system where he'd wake a few times in the night, mainly for a bottle. Which is fine. You've got to feed him anyway. You've got to feed him the hungry, that's the rule. Um, And uh, he'd wake up a few times. And what would happen is uh, my partner, Alex, she would like sleep through. She would get up in the night, feed him a couple of times, and then I'd get up from seven... Um, and have him for a few hours and she'd catch up the extra sleep and we we're good. Went on holiday, this goes into absolute disarray. And there's no time difference in Foot of either. No, no. Well, what happened is we were like, okay, what we'll do is we'll get a little travel cot as part of the hotel and put him in that. Then we realised that our son is one of the most discerning sleepers. That yeah, I mean, How old is it, your son again? He, he at the time, was just over four months. Um, so he's about four and a half months. Uh, now he's five and a half. Um, yeah, come down to how big the hotel room is, because if you can get him in his own corner, in his own space... Uh, we got him in his own corner, and we got him in a fit, but he laid on this mattress, and oh my goodness, he would... It might so well have been made out of lava. He was literally right. like, yeah! The scream was, you know... He could detect you were in the room, was it that? Um, no, well, I think I think it's just the fact that he was laying on that surface. And the thing is, is you know, as parents, especially as but that, chick- cry, that cry. Sorry, I'm not. Don't stop. Keep interrupting. I'm so sorry. But that cry means something. Yeah. The cry means I'm hungry, I'm tired, or I'm ill. Yeah. So which is it? So what happened is, but and we never ever have the baby in the bed with us when we're at home. No. But out there. The other thing is, when you're on holiday, your resolve gets tested in a different way. Because when I'm in my house, I'm like, I've got a mortgage and I've got a baby, okay? If anyone's got a problem with my baby crying, come and talk to me, all right? I ain't leaving. And also, you need your sleep for work, so you're a bit stricter about it, Exactly. And I'm like, if he cries, well, he can cry, okay, whatever. You know, obviously, I wouldn't let him cry forever, but, you know, I've got a little bit more balls about me with that. On holiday, you're like, we're waking everyone up. Uh, oh, my God, they're all going to hate us, you know. And that. so you start Sounds getting... Sounds like we're torturing. <laughs> exactly. Quick, do something. And then baby comes into the bed. And, I mean, you've never seen a baby just chill out. He's like, oh, is this what mum and dad are laying on? Perfect. Right. As part of our um, kind of uh, How's Your Father podcast, what we're going to also do, because whilst you've shared your experience, which is amazing and we've said you know to be clear this is different it's subjective but if there is a um bit of advice you want to share we're going to do it as a feature called get your tips out for the dads okay Okay. and i might even give it a get your tips out get your tips out get your tips out for the dads get your tips out for the dads okay just so we can make it really chauvinistic uh, yeah. so well, you, you Russell, put them online and you could put the headline my tips are leaking <laughs> put a picture of Julia Assange milking a cow <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've already given you one massive tip yeah. which is blackout 
that doesn't matter whether your bed chair is, kids in its own room, routine, no routine. The more blacked out your room is, the better you will sleep, the better your baby will sleep. The second tip is, particularly given Fort of Endura Gate and all of that, if you want to go to bed, put the baby down at, I don't know, at 7pm and then you and your missus might want to sit on, you've got to sit in the same room. It's one of the punishments of holidays, you're all holed up in the same room. If you haven't got the money for a, like a one bedroom suite and all that, because it's really expensive when you go away, you need to have the baby in its own corner and you're, you two are sort of sat on the bed brushing your teeth like church mice trying not to wake the fucking thing up. <laughs> a custom, there is nothing wrong with a little bit of a white noise or a heartbeat machine. My daughter still uses hers every night. This is, I'm just playing off my phone now. This is just brown noise. I use it on tour. Sometimes the hotels aren't ideal. I carry a speaker with me. You do that really loud. People can be emptying bottles, all sorts. I don't hear shit. I have it loud, not as loud as you do it for a baby. Obviously you'd have it quiet. So Minna has waterfall noise. She has done since she was little. Meaning if we're making a cup of tea or having a last sangria on holiday, that noise is louder than us. Yeah. It also means if you're at home and you live, maybe you live in the city, you haven't got a big property and you want to dare to have friends over for dinner one night and your mate's got a loud laugh or you want a bit of music on, as long as you've got your monitor up loud with a visual representation of whether the baby's making any noise, the baby can have the white noise or the water noise in its room. Fantastic tip. As long as it's louder than the ambient noise, your baby won't be woken by noise. So that's something. I think that's fantastic. And I can concur with this as well because we very much do the same thing. We play a track, uh, uh-huh. Baby Shushing. So it's basically, it, you know, because the other thing is before you're a dad, you don't necessarily even know this stuff happens, you know, no. or exists. But there is a track on Spotify where there's a man who just goes, shh, shh. I think and it's, it's, actually, it's actually a Wiley diss track that's been <laughs> It's a repurpose. I think yeah. you just sent it to Stormzy the other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah looking, at, looking for Stormzy's response oh, off that. Mate, I'm going to get hashtag hunted now. <laughs> a pair of harachis will just hit my head when I go through Tottenham. I think, I think you've, you've, you've set it up now yeah. perfectly. But yeah, no, there, there, is a, there's, there is a man who's gone into a, uh, into a sound booth and just gone shh, shh, over and over again. So you don't have to. So you can whack your Spotify on, on a repeat and it will just keep going through and... To be fair for Leon, that is one of the only ways that we can, yeah. like you say, because it keeps everything in, kind of, yeah, it, it it kind of locks him in that little capsule of regular of regularity, which keeps him feeling secure. And, and some some people, they, they get into the habits of nightlights and things like that, but I'm like, look at it from the baby's point of view. He's just been wrapped in darkness with around him for nine months. Baby is born used to white noise plus darkness. So why mess with what he's used to? Yeah. Uh, you know, I know what he wants is a red light flashing in his face and crisp silence. Well, it's <laughs> not really what he's been bought. So this is why people struggle. You and it's hard if you've grown up with it your whole life to get to get used to it. I'm because I'm a stand up. I have so many issues around sleep myself. When I say it, it makes it sound like I'm an insomniac, and God, I'm not. What I mean is, I have to sleep. I can do. No disrespect to all my f- fellow radio and TV presenters, and I do lots of it. But if I had to, I, I could blag it on four or five hours sleep if I've got an auto cue and an earpiece and I'm not live. I can blag it. You cannot blag stand-up. cannot be blagged, particularly at the speed I do it. Yeah. have to have eight hours of unbroken sleep. So over the years, I've, I know this is where I know about blackouts. I know about room temperature. Get your tips out. Another little tip. Um <laughs> It's really hard for mums and nana blankets to get their heads around. Babies hate being hot. They hate it. Mm. Comfort zone for most babies, again, check this out if you don't believe me, is 16 to 19 degrees Celsius. No one's house is 16 degrees Celsius. All I'm saying is freeze it, darken it, put a noise in its ear, your sex life will be on track. <laughs> and there's loads of dads who will be listening to this on the tube go, he's sorted me right out. I'm getting a fridge, a blindfold, a fucking gun. He's like, darling, get yourself home tonight. I've got dining for two. We're well, having a bang. Right. But you don't. what you don't realise is your body, this is that same for adults as well, your your body, we, you're, we evolved to live on the fucking savannas in the middle of Africa, right? We're essentially still the same kit. You, you, temperature dives in the desert overnight. Just for one night, try nice warm duvet, but freezing room. See how you sleep. Do it on you first. Mm. First of all, you'd be like, what's he talking about? It's freezing. That'll be the last thing you remember because your body regulates. I had to do a survival program for BBC called Stupid Man's Smartphone. And we were sleeping out in the Arctic and they made us take our clothes off, not put them on when you get into bed. Because if you're naked against the sleeping bag, you regulate yourself. One of the warmest night sleeps I've ever had. Mm. 
And with a baby, you can't regulate jack shit. It's even more important. Now, we're all born at different temperatures, so let your baby guide you. But as soon as my daughter came out, I was like, she's a fucking roaster like me. So this is a bit extravagant. I fitted aircon in her room, like a problem with a vent, and she sleeps at 16 degrees every night, still does. Yeah. Like with vampire, <sighs> like like an like an oven, just whack them in there, sixteen degrees. It's see her in twelve what hours. They snuggle. They they particularly when they're older, you snuggle down under the duvet to get warm, and you, you sort of get tricked into falling mm. asleep. And it works the same for adults as well. Try it. Try a bit. Just it, try some sleep hacks on yourself first when you haven't got much the next day. So it doesn't matter if it goes wrong because it's not going to be for everyone. Get some proper blackout. Don't spend some money. Stick some foil on your windows that night. Spray a little bit of water on your windows and press foil against it. Make your room colder and make your room black and dark and with some noise in the background and see how you sleep compared to the night before. I mean, one of the things I would say that, you, you know, the the way that you've talked about this, um, which I would say, regardless of the individual kind of tips and scenarios, uh, what one thing that you are, are talking about is acting with confidence. Yeah. Because... So much of when you have a new baby and you're a first-time parent, it's all so scary and, oh, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing this? And you end up with indecision because there's so many... I mean, the one thing we would say is we're not advising people to do one thing or another. No, we're giving our personal experiences. Exactly. But but there's there's so much stuff out there that completely conflicts. Expert says this, expert says that. Yeah. And by the end, you can end up being kind of put into inactivity. Yeah, by being bamboozled with too much information. Exactly. You pick so, a route and pick a route. It's, you'll know each other. Go out for, uh, ideally, when she's about eight months pregnant, go out for a dinner when you're not drinking, but she's having one glass of wine. <laughs> Look each other in the eye and say, what do we both really want now? Now, no one, you might not get to stick to it, but at least... If the dung does hit the fan, you'll know what the roadmap was. We can go, look, this is where we've lost our way. Let's try and get back on track. That I've got to give Lindsay respect for that because it can't be easy when you've got all these emotions going on. Mm. But she's, we were, I'll never forget, we were bobbing in a pool on holiday. She'd just come off the contraception. And, and I said, before we have one nookie, sec, in one nookie session where we're without protection, I want us to agree on this. It's it's the most important thing to agree on. I'm the last one out of my fa- my group of friends to have kids, so I've seen it. And every time, it's the same thing. So sex- you, you, when you say you got to agree on it, agree to have sex. No, right? <laughs> sex, life, and sleep. Got ya, got ya. Sex, life, and sleep. Very few other things, if you, unless you're unfortunate enough to have a baby that's unwell, will challenge a couple. Mm. Sex, life, sleep. Sex that comes up, and again, and again, on men and women seem to be on a different page. Why? We both need to sleep. Men and women both like having sex. We should not be on different pages. Yeah, it should be a united approach. There should only be a, a you know a six month period when she's heavily pregnant and the baby's first born where it's supposed to be an issue. It's supposed to be shit. It's supposed to be tough for six months. It's raising a baby, but after that, if you work together, you can get some sort of machine going that works for you. Whether it's bed sharing, whether it's co sleeping, whether it's doing a routine like I have, <clears throat> the key is agreement. As a final kind of note. If you could maybe give one word to describe, it's going to be tough, one word to describe your experiences as a father so far, what would it be? Successful. Oh, <laughs> he backs himself listen, like that. Listen, as, listen, you can't control the emotional, eye-rolling, satanic thing that my daughter is, uh, or you can't control the shy, introverted thing that your child might be. You can't control any illness your child might have. You can't control any depression your woman might have or you. None of those things can be controlled. So as a, a ma- as a man, the boy who likes following the Lego instructions from beginning to end, there's nothing wrong with arming yourself with a nerdy roadmap. That was the only goal I wanted to follow was have some organisation around the chaos. So right. I'm going to evaluate that as successful. The rest of it, who knows? Until yeah. men as a woman, I don't know whether I've messed it up or not, like like all of us. Yeah. And I hear I hear what you're saying. You're saying about there's there's only what there's you know there's not one way correct, not one way incorrect, but sort of pick a route and and follow it, whatever's right for you to. So if you want to know which, um, I started with one called the Baby Whisperer, which is much softer and all about the emotional relationship with the baby and getting to know it. And then the manual I followed, very controversial book, controversial to the people that don't do it, not to mm. do it, is the Contented Baby book by Gina Ford. Right, and and she puts people's backs up on page one. It's like eleven forty-five. You'll have your cup of tea. Eleven forty-six. You'll put the baby down for the nap. But for nerds like me, who used to do Dungeons and Dragons and roll a twenty-sided dice, it was like binary code <laughs> intellectual porn. That's what I followed, and I stuck to it. 
that's the only reason I've used the word successful. It ain't arrogance. It's just give your, give yourself something to evaluate yourself by that makes you feel good, not shit. Yeah, you had a target and you achieved it. Indeed. And now the rest is now, you know, what's Mina going to do? <laughs> Hopefully she'll can do stand-up and start paying for me because I'm, <laughs> I'm knackered. Perfect. I think I, popped, I think I popped her out. It must have been the last sperm. I was so old when I had it. It was like, he, it was like you know, sperm's on penny farthings going, who do you think you are kidding, Mr. Hitler? I was almost blowing out powder. <laughs> Nearly there. <laughs> Come on, if I just take some ibuprofen from my hip, I can fertilise my wife. <laughs> Perfect. What a great way to end. Russell, thanks so much for joining us on the pod. The opinions expressed in today's episode are personal opinion only. It's really important to follow safe sleeping guidelines with your baby, and we've put links in the show notes to the Lullaby Trust and also Basis Online where you can get all the evidence-based info you need for safe sleeping. And also, get some understanding about how babies sleep. Thanks so much, Russell, for joining us on the pod. Um, and guys, uh, we're really pleased that you guys are listening. If you are listening and have enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends as well and give us a five-star rating. We don't accept any other ratings, okay? It's like Uber around here. Um, so, guys, we've got some really exciting guests coming up on the series as well. We'll be hearing from Doc Brown, hearing from Spencer Jones, uh, Nico Yearwood, Dave Fulton, just some of the guests that are going to be joining us on this series. And, yeah, as I say, we're going to be discussing all of the themes around fatherhood because I think it's about time we start talking about it. Uh, until next time, guys. Bye-bye. Shh. <laughs> Shh. Sending me off that. But Shh. Pop into the spare room, won't you? <laughs> <laughs>